I am Ebony Farley. Welcome and thank you for listening to the podcast Abort Now, Abortion Stories from the Womb to the Heart. I believe there is power in our stories. Our personal experiences have the ability to inspire others and ignite new ways of thinking, but a story untold never fully unfolds. And that is why here at Abort Now we share the powerful abortion stories of women who have multiple experiences and desire to share them with you with hopes of impacting you in a way that will help you, that will encourage you, and that will let you know that you are in no way, shape, or form alone. Today, and you are so graciously sharing your abortion story with us. Mm-hmm. Um, can you can you um, just start wherever you would like, share however much you would like to share, Okay. and um, I will ask questions. If any questions <laughs> come up, um, I'll ask those of you Okay. at a later time. All right, thank you. So, yes, again, my name is Erica Bailey. Um, also, Erica Javon. I realize I didn't oh, yeah. put that there the correct way. Nevertheless, my um, story is based on me having two abortions six months apart um, in 2008. I have I already had a daughter, and uh, me and her father weren't on the best terms when I um, became pregnant for the second time, and I, I was afraid. I, I was thinking, if if we have another child, it's gonna continue to strain our relationship. I was struggling with him seeming to be what I wanted him to be as a father, as it was, and so I was like, I'm not about to have another kid, I'm not. Mm-hmm. But we continued to have sex, um, and then six months later, I'm pregnant again. And now, of course, I'm thinking, I just ha- I wasted, if you will, an abortion, because here I am, and again, again pregnant. And I was like, I can't go through with it. It was it was definitely um, me being selfish and untrusting, untrusting that things would work out. Um, for for me, I I didn't want to be a single parent with two or three children, so to speak. And so I I aborted, and I was pretty far along in the second um, with the second abortion. And so anyhow, um, I. I I remember carrying guilt with me. I remember um, being ashamed when I I did share it with whether it was my family or friends. And it it was a heaviness that I kind of carried along. And so I just learned to suppress it. I'm like, I'm going to ignore it. And I compartmentalized as best I could to try and detach myself from the the guilt of having an abortion. And so I, I went through life carrying my secret. And one day at church, um, our pastor, Dr. Jermon Glenn, um, he invited a community organization to come speak to to us. And they were um, pro-life and they were speaking about abortions and things of that sort. And they invited us to um, participate in a fundraiser. And we would go to the movie theater and um, view a movie called October Baby. And so from that, um, from their invitation, I went, I knew we were watching, we were going to watch something about abortions, but I didn't know how I would end up leaving this this engagement. So anyhow, we went, and um, during the movie, I I I'm like, what is this going to be about? Am I going to like it? And it was it was interesting. And then I, um, as the movie continued, I found myself beginning to like just weep because 
some of the things that they were pointing out began to resonate with me. And so, of course, in the theater, I'm like, stop crying, stop crying. I don't want anyone to see me in here crying. But as I was also crying, I can hear sniffles and things from other people. So I'm like, okay, I'm not the only one. Um, but I, I realized that it had triggered certain responses in me. And so now the movie has ended. And I'm like, okay, I need to hurry up and get out of here because I felt, I felt like a big sponge absorbed with tears and water mm -hmm. and I needed to get it out. So I hurried up and like exited, exited the building once the movie was over and I went to my car and I could barely get in my car and I just started like, just like weeping tremendously. I was crying. I think I probably was in the car for at least 30 minutes and I was thinking, I hope no one sees me, but at the same time I didn't care and I just felt like an extreme sorrow and I also felt like, um, like it was just like God was near me and allowing for me to go through this purging, if you will, of all of this darkness and these things that I was carrying. And so um, I, I have been, you know, um, raised to believe that you need to communicate with God. So during this time where I'm crying, I remember asking God to forgive me. And I um, remember also, um, excuse me. Um, just asking God to help me forgive him because I was mad at God too for allowing um, me to experience the sadness and the, the shame and the guilt that I did. And again, I didn't know that I was carrying it. Um, and so from that time, um, it wasn't literally in that moment, but after that I could sense that um, I had a different like type of peace with the situation and I realized that I have, for, have experienced God's forgiveness um, and received it. And that's also where his, his grace had come forth. And so I was like, this, this feels better. I didn't realize that I was harboring all of this, this darkness. Right. And I didn't know that it was impacting me. And later on um, in life, I remember hearing Dr. Matthew Stevenson out of Chicago. He's a prophet. He said he can sense when women have had abortions because it's a spirit that they carry on them. And so going back to this moment when I was in the car, I'm like, that that must have been what, you know, I was I was just dealing with or um what God was dealing with in me. And so anyhow, from from there, um, like I said, I, I began to feel a different type of liberty. I was like, I'm okay, you know, I'm fine. I, I don't feel as sad. And then um our church again had Dr. Bell, yourself, Ms. Um, Dawn, come in, um, and we had an opportunity to go through um, Cradles of Grace. I think the name has been changed at this time, but it was for post-abortive women. And by that time, I felt like I was in a pretty okay space, um, but I was able to connect with other post-abortive women. And from there, we... Um, we got to learn about the different things that women experience. Mm -hmm. And so I'm learning that some women, you know, had dealt with just being emotional or sensitive during the anniversary of the abortions or mm -hmm. other women may have, um, you know, become more protective of their children to come after the abortions or certain sounds and things would trigger a response. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, wow, everybody deals with um, an abortion or being post-abortive in their own way. Nevertheless, by having my own experiences and going through that, I had came to the point of 
realizing that this is something that needs to be talked about because you don't know how having an abortion can affect some someone the woman or the the father of children and for those reasons it's like we have to take that and give it to God and mm -hmm. so since I was able to experience the grace and the freedom and also witness other women encounter that grace and that freedom that comes with taking that sin to God I'm like it, it needs to be shared and if women are experiencing that darkness and those things that come it's like it don't it doesn't have to be that way it doesn't have to stay that way in spite of how you conceived or where you are God died he literally died so we wouldn't have to carry those things and for those reasons it's like I, I, I'm glad to share my experiences because I hope that it can influence or impact another woman's life because when we when we carry those 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 seeds and of sin it comes out in your personality it can come out in your behaviors it it has to release itself in some form and in my opinion those things are there to hinder you from walking in the like fullness of your purpose or it's it can cause you to hurt other people and you may not even realize like that you know they say hurt people hurt people so you may think you're okay but let's say in, in, in a vulnerable time or some someone may rub you the wrong way and then you snapping off at them because <laughs> the, you're dealing with a situation that you don't realize is impacting you and how you engage with other people. And so just thinking about the, the totality of, you know, when you have an abortion, how it can bring you into it like a sunken place and mm -hmm. needing to take that before God to receive grace so that you can walk in purpose so you're not messing up other people and etc. I'm like, it, somebody needs to start talking about this. Mm -hmm. And I've also learned that there are far more people than you would think have experienced some type of abortion or, re, or related or connected to someone who has. Mm -hmm. And it's something that needs to, to be addressed. And so I appreciate even this opportunity to go public, if you mm -hmm. will, with stuff like this. So people will know that there is there is someone else that you can relate to. There is someone who has who has walked in a path that you maybe have walked, but who can help you. And if you're debating, there is someone to say, listen, let me, let me lay out mm -hmm. what this could look like for you if you decide not to keep your child um but to also say there are alternatives you can consider adoption right. like god has purposed you to provide life to those children that's or, or the child is not a coincidence it's not happenstance god took this specific moment to use your life to birth purpose into the to the world and so for those reasons i'm like yes Yes, 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 and if people are posted, or if they have had abortions, of course, to say that there, there is grace and there is forgiveness, right. and you don't have to live life carrying that, mm -hmm. that, that, that sin. You don't. Right. Um, thank you so much for sharing. When you think about, you talked about two things that I want to touch on: the secret, carrying the secret, mm -hmm. um, and then adoption in the African American community. I'll start with. Um, harboring that secret mm -hmm. um you know silence is often the way that many women who 
have had an abortion move. Mm -hmm. They move in silence, don't really share with anyone, maybe one person, but very selective about who you share it with. Right. Because you want them to protect your secret too. Exactly. Um, at what point, you mentioned sharing with people, um, at what point did you begin to share or what did that look like for you? Mm -hmm. So when I initially had the abortion, I, I did share it with my some of my closer family and like my best friend or so just because I was conflicted and torn and I I just needed them to know that's just how I mm -hmm. operated um but beyond the people who are closest to me I began to share with um a, again a, it was a lady named Dr. Bell I had told her in particular because at that point in my life I had too many secrets and mm -hmm. I was telling God like I can't seem to get to you so can you send one of your people to me so mm -hmm. I can lay my burdens at the feet of who they are and you can figure it out from there um, because it's too much and my mm -hmm. secrets are eating me inside out and I know that if I do not deal with them they could probably cost me my life mm -hmm. um, because I had thoughts of suicide I had thoughts of homicide I was mad and I was angry and so just realizing that I needed to do do something with my secrets is when I began to pray to God, would you please send someone to me who I can give my sins to? Because if I hold on to them, I don't know how long I'm going to make right. it. And so she was someone who had um, came into my life. And so I was just like, once I got comfortable with her and she um, gained my trust because mm -hmm. I, I wasn't looking to gain hers. I'm like, okay, God, this who you sent? Let's <laughs> see. Um, and she was, she was very loving yet corrective. Mm -hmm. Um, but corrective in a sense where I'm like, I, I like to be corrected, but you better correct me with love. Right. But I like correction because I like to grow, and that's what she did. And so when he allowed for her to come into my life, I started just babbling everything once we got to the point that I realized she was for my growth and for my development and would cover me in the midst of my sin and still love me and still say, mm -hmm. you, you, this is where you are and this is, you know, where God wants you to be right. and what are you going to do because you also have to take accountability in these situations that you're in whether you know it was the abortion or whatever it's kind of like you you made that bit now you lay in it and you deal with it but you know that God got you and so that's kind of where I was with her um and and now it's it's beyond just her it's mm -hmm. to the public right. but I I have had the opportunity of talking to some people and they say well I don't know if I want to you know, tell everybody my story. And right. that's not what I'm suggesting either. You connect with someone who you can trust and you um, you 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 can give it to them. It's getting it out of your system. Right. And you start with God. Just start with confessing it to God. And then as you begin to release it, it'll you'll become stronger in being able to share it. And then it, you'll go you'll get to the point where you can share it with someone who will be able to still cover you and help to build and strengthen you and if you don't have anybody then I would say consider um, counseling there are free counseling services in the um, city of Grand Rapids mm -hmm. and so going to someone who's a believer in uh, the kingdom of God and in Christ and who can you know again help you to deal with that secret right. but to hold it in that's that people sometimes call that a strength mm -hmm. but that very same strength can can be 
what causes you to be weak internally. You know, right. it doesn't do any good to be strong to the world, but you dying in private. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like you got to get beyond the stigma because that stuff affects your your mental health. And right. if you if you messed up mentally, your life gonna follow. And so. You know, it's getting beyond the what people might say and think and doing was healthy for you mentally, emotionally, and spiritually and realizing God could take that same thing and use you to help somebody else. But if you hurt it, that same hurt can hurt somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it's bigger than, you know, just, oh, this is my little secret and my hurt. Right. Um, so adoption in the African-American community is not something mm-hmm. that's very popular. Um, and I do think, as you mentioned, as we share our stories mm-hmm. of abortion and we say, you know, there are other options and adoption is one of them. Mm-hmm. There's the, the likelihood that it becomes something that's more thought of, mm-hmm. something that's um, easy, more easily embraced. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that in our community there is a huge struggle um, with do I kill my baby mm-hmm. or do I carry my baby for nine months and then give my baby away. Right. And I think that sometimes that's a hard thing for women to decide. Mm -hmm. And so um, women will often choose to abort opposed to place their child for Mm -hmm. adoption. But in doing that, you still, you give life to the child. And of course, I I would guess that there's probably some things internally that a woman has to deal with. Um, but have you had any experience with or when you were deciding whether or not to abort where you gave thought to or had conversations about adoption? Not when I was um, pregnant. No, the thought of adoption never even crossed my mind, Mm -hmm. probably for whatever cultural reasons. um, I never thought to adopt. And even now, if it did cross my mind, then I probably would have still thought to abort because it's like I don't want to have a child and then give it give the child away. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, now um, it's two things I want to point out: adoption in a legal sense. No, African Americans don't adopt at rates as others, but we still do take in our family and provide for them as an adopted parent would. So, like, you might see the grandmother taking mm-hmm. care of her grandchildren or the nieces or being taken care of by aunties, etc. But if a a person is contemplating having an abortion and they're struggling with do I abort or do I adopt, I personally would hope and recommend that they talk to maybe some of their family that they love and trust to just get their way in on it and to tell them, you know, I'm, I'm pregnant, I may be thinking about an abortion. What do you all feel? Now, granted, some people, families may say, you that's your decision. You do what you want to do. You go ahead and abort because you got to take care of your baby, et cetera. But there may be other family members who will say, I, I will help you with mm-hmm. your child. And I know that from personal experience, and so very hopeful that people would say, you know, you, you're still our, our family. This will be our family. And we don't have to go through adoption right. to be able to help you with this child. And now as a as a as a mother, I would also say a mother who was post abortive, I would say that life is gonna it can be hard with or without children. Mm-hmm. And experiencing the joys that come with motherhood, I would rather have a hard life as a mother because it just comes it, it helps you, it grows you and it brings out things in you that you would not experience had you not had children. And if you decide, you know, children are not for me but I am pregnant 
I would just plead that you still offer that child the opportunity to serve the purpose that God has called that child mm-hmm. here for. And what I'm about to say may sound condemning, but it's 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 true to assert your authority of not having a child over God is to assert yourself above God. Mm -hmm. It's to say that God and his wisdom don't know what he's doing. And for you to say, I'm going to take control of my life. um, And I'm not, I'm not choosing to follow the path that God has placed me on at this moment. And that's not okay. In the Bible, in the Bible, it says, I present to you life and death. Mm -hmm. Choose life. For you and your child. Right, for you and right. your child. And so, of course, I didn't know this when I was pregnant. And even if I did, I probably still would have been like, um, I'm not sure. But just to know when the facts are laid out that things are purposeful and God, he'll He'll make a way, he'll provide, even if it's just for you to bring the child in the earth and it's for someone else to mm-hmm. raise that child and nurture them. Don't rob God of the opportunity to do what he desires to do through your child. Right. You know, and so... Again, with our African-American community, no, adoption is not something that's praised, but we need to start, we need to look at life in a different, you know, perspective. It's not all about you and your shame and your guilt. You got to think beyond yourself. This is another life that deserves a chance to, to, again, live in the purpose that God has called for this purpose, this moment excuse me and then I think about like what if Jesus was aborted someone asked that question before and I'm like right what if Jesus what if you was aborted right because you know? Mary was she was a teenager she was and imagine what she had to deal with and so when you're thinking about again these 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 situations where it's like okay should I I'm pregnant should I abort or should I adopt you don't know what that child will offer to world or your life right. all the little things you might be going through now that child could probably change you don't know right. so and if they can't they might be able to do it for the next person you just don't <laughs> know um, and so I would say just please consider adoption it, because it's not like you don't want to have murder on your hands and then you if you you ain't never had an abortion dealing with the after, aftermath of abortion is something else it's not just always oh easy peasy I'm just gonna move on with my life sometimes you if you could count up the cost you would probably say I should have had my child I should have had my child and if I may now having um just my one daughter that I had given birth to I look at her life, um, and I, I wish she had siblings. Mm-hmm. And now she's 11, and I'm like, I don't know about having any <laughs> other kids now. But I think, wow, I robbed her of siblings. And she always is like, Mom, I wish I had brothers and sisters, all my cousins, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but you, you don't think. I wasn't thinking 12, 11 mm-hmm. years out into the future. So you just yeah. don't know how God will use it. You know, I love that because... I, too, thought that having abortion, I was taking control of my life. Like, I'm mm-hmm. going to make a decision. I already had one child. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to make a decision. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to have an abortion. And I thought that I was taking my life by the reins and controlling it. But not knowing that after that abortion, although I thought it was going to be all good and erased mm-hmm. and done with, mm-hmm. the residual effects yeah. of that abortion um, are still alive in me, mm-hmm. even healed mm-hmm. and, and whole from my decision to abort and even in doing this work. There are some days where I too 
feel like what would my child be like yeah yeah 21 years later mm -hmm. what would he be what right. would he be doing how would he be contributing to the world right. so although I took I was I thought I was taking control of my life all the ramifications of that depression alcoholism right. anger aggression mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. promiscuity all mm -hmm. these things really were birthed in the death of my child. Mm, that's good. You know? That's so I, I like that when, when we think we're taking control mm -hmm. and we think we know best, we really don't. Right. Nope. nope. And we know that on, life only can come from God, our mm -hmm. creator. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even in sin, if he creates life, he has purpose for Exactly. Child, right? Exactly. Yeah. And purpose to be here. And so right. if you don't want to, still, let them live that purpose out through adoption. Right. Yeah. So, Erica, you... Um, have written a book mm -hmm. and you have a video that's posted and you make a major moves I'm so <laughs> proud of you thank you um, can you share with us how do you feel having shared your story in this platform on in this manner um, how do you feel mm -hmm. I, I feel honored <laughs> um, just because I hope that by sharing my story which is titled The Cause Sex and Secrets Soul Tie Salvation I hope that it will reach people that it would resonate with mm -hmm. to hopefully encourage them or prompt them to just think a little bit more about what relationships you're getting into and how the um, consequences of your engagement in those relationships or your behaviors in those relationships can impact your future and your destiny. Mm -hmm. And the ultimate relationship should be with God. Once you have that relationship, you have identity and you should filter every relationship through. through exactly. So through that relationship. And so... My hope was, again, that it reached these people. And so when opportunities like this come about, I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's more, <laughs> more opportunities, greater hope. Yes, yes, yes. So I feel honored. Um, I, I, I do believe God will use me and has used me, um, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. But it's just kind of like you, you don't know what to expect. And so when these opportunities, again, come about to just share, it's it's like a blessing. It's mm -hmm. a blessing. Like, oh, my gosh, thank you, God, because my life is in shambles. And it, it was so terrible. And it still is terrible. But you still got me here. So thank you. So I'm honored. I'm definitely honored. Well, I am honored as well. And I want to direct our listeners to um, your your book, mm -hmm. to hear your story further in, in greater detail than what you've shared today. Mm -hmm. Where can we go to obtain it? So you can go to my website, which is www.ericaerikajovan.com. Um, on my website, you will find a short film of um, events that has transpired in my life that produced the book, The Call. Mm -hmm. And then you'll also find music there, too. So um, I hope that you all can check it out. If you don't go to my website, it's also on YouTube under my YouTube channel, which is just my name, Erica Javon. Okay, all right. Mm -hmm. I hope that people go there. Me too. Um, <laughs> read your story, see your video. The video is phenomenal. I Thank have, um, I'm going to read your book. I'm mm -hmm. excited to read your book. Thank Even you. um, with what I know of you and who you are, mm -hmm. I'm sure that within the pages of that book, there's more to discover of you. Yeah. <laughs> I hope um, I didn't put it all out right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so thank you so much for sharing your story thank with you. us today. I um, would like for you to give a word of wisdom or encouragement to any woman that may be listening mm -hmm. and finds herself right now in a preg uh, crisis pregnancy mm -hmm. and on the brink of a decision, mm -hmm. either trying to decide whether to choose life or not. What would you say to that woman? Yeah, 
I would, um, one, just like encourage her to realize that this is a divine moment. Like God has brought this moment right now in 2017. Mm -hmm. Like he orchestrated her to be in this moment right now. And if I may, I used to think about this um, after I had like abortions. I've, I've had enough sex enough times to not have gotten pregnant, to then realize when I was pregnant, that wasn't by happenstance. That was God working through whatever situation to bring, again, a child into this world. And so if you're indecisive or you're contemplating, what should I do? Um, again, I just want you to just be mindful of God calling purpose out of your life and wanting to use you and to have you birth children into this world. And I would ask you to allow God that opportunity. Do not take that opportunity from God because you, you, you one were chosen, um, and it was destined. And also you don't know what, um, the aftermath could be, whether you abort or you don't abort, but just to consider again, that this is an orchestrated time by God, like, please don't do not <laughs> abort the moment. Don't abort the moment in trying to abort a, a child. Um, and then finally seek out like counsel, seek out counsel, mm -hmm. work with, again, someone who's, who's a believer to kind of just guide you through, through this, this experience and this time and knowing that, um, all things will work out for your good. All things will work out. Um, and I, I truly believe that. And so I just would encourage them to seek out God and seek out people who are believers of God to, um, like. Just walk alongside of them mm -hmm. during this time. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time, Erica. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Abort Now, abortion stories from the womb to the heart. If you have not already done so, please be sure to go to iTunes or SoundCloud to subscribe, share, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to share your abortion story or know someone who would, Please email me directly at info at abort-now.com. And remember, your story has the power to inspire someone else. And a story untold 